You guys aren't surprised. You guys are. Can you believe that it's the last Sunday of 2019 already? 2020 is right around the corner. 2019 is almost a wrap. I just want you to think, take a moment just to think of everything that happened this year. 2019. Go back all the way to the beginning. For me, 2019 was a huge year. I graduated from college, moved to a new place, started my first real job. Lots of change, lots of new adjustments. And I can promise you that there's one adjustment that took the most adjusting. And that's Atlanta traffic. Atlanta traffic. I am a small town Iowa boy. Only had to worry about getting stuck behind a tractor or a combine. I don't know how you guys do this. This is nuts here. It takes a lot. And I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about other people. And I've come to the conclusion that there's two types of people when it comes to Atlanta traffic. There's, there's the one person who, who's behind you and, and the, the light turns green, but you didn't realize it. And they just go, hey, buddy, I don't know if you've noticed, but the light is green. I'm just going to let you know. And they just go, me, me, right? Just saying, you can go on your way and you're both happy. And then there's the rest of us, maybe all of us, who, who are behind the person, who our hands are all the way up and their heads down, and they, they've noticed that this person in front of them has decided that they're going to spend this time texting their friend, looking on social media, even though the light is green and you haven't memorized how long it's going to take until that turns red. And so you let them know. Instead of the nice way, you say, hey, buddy. I got somewhere to be, and I'm going to let you know about it. So you lay on that horn, and you go, Wah! and you both go on your way, not so happy, right? I used to think I was a, I was a beep, beep person, but the more I've lived here, I think I've, I've become a, a lay on the horn type of person. But I think that there's, even though we know how truthful this is, there's some real truth to this. When I was thinking of 2019 and just people that I've been around and even myself, for some of us, 2019 has been an incredible year, lots of blessings. For others, it's been a mixture of good and bad. But I know 2019, for some people, has been a long, hard year. And I don't know where that's left us. Some of us, it's left us feeling defeated physically. Some of us, it's left us feeling drained emotionally, stuck spiritually. I just think, what... What's it going to take for us? Because all that leaves us maybe not necessarily going backwards, but definitely we're not moving forward anymore. Spiritually, emotionally, relationally. So what's it going to take for us to, for someone to come along and just go, me, me. That's all it takes for us to go on. Me, me. What's it in our lives? That we're going to set up a system or a goal for 2020. It's just going to say, you know what, it's time. Me, me. So I love one of, my, one of my favorite stories of the Bible. It's a story of Joseph in Genesis, the back half of Genesis. And we're going to be looking at him because his life got way off script. And that's what the title of today's message is, is off script. And when we meet Joseph in, in the middle of Genesis, from point A, from when we meet him, 
to the last time we see him, point B, his life is completely different. You know, from when we meet him to when we, we see him last, we're like, wow, a lot has changed. And you may think, if you, if you just saw point A and point B, you may say, wow, he must have had like a continually amount of blessings. Blessing after blessing, he must have been always moving forward. But if you, if you know anything about this story, it, everything that happened in the middle is where we're going to focus today. And it is not just a continual amount of blessings. There's a lot of dark places in his journey. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of just waiting for what God had promised him. So that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at how he gets from point A to point B and what we do when our life gets off script. So a little background, starting in the beginning, Joseph is the son of Jacob, and he's the 11th of 12 brothers. Can you imagine that household? Imagine that grocery bill. It's a lot of brothers. And Joseph was Jacob's favorite. He was his father's favorite. And I think maybe that's why I relate to this character so much. I'm just slightly kidding. Come on. Come on, guys. <laughs> so he just, he was, he was, he was a favorite. And he was that, he was that family member that he knew he was their favorite. He was the brown noser. And, and he, he told on his brothers every time they did something wrong. You guys know that, that sibling in your family, the favorite who, who gets his way. And because of that, his brothers, they did not like him. They, they even hated him. And to top that off, at the beginning of Joseph's story, he, he, has, he has this dream. And he's, he's this piece of grain, and all the other grains bow down to him. And because he was a believer, because Joseph uh, believed in God, he believed that this dream was a, was a vision from God. And he believed that someday he was going to be in this high position, this high ranking, and that everyone was going to bow down to him. So for some reason, Joseph thought this was a great idea, and he was going to tell his brothers that already hated him. And so he, he tells his brothers, and this, this like sets them off. This sets them over the edge. They're like, we've got to do something about this. So they all get together, and they, they decide that they're going to they're gonna try and kill him. They, they don't want him around anymore. And so they, they make this plot to kill him. They, they throw him in this big pit. He gets sold into slavery. You know, just normal family issues. <laughs> Some of you guys just got back from Christmas where all you guys were in one household. And you're like, this is real. This is real stuff. And so Joseph, he, he's sold in, as a slave to Pharaoh. And he ends up in jail where he's anxiously waiting for his release. So Joseph, he just had this vision that he was going to be in this high ranking and he believed it was from God. And all of a sudden, he's in jail as a slave. Can you imagine what was going through his mind? He's like, how did I end up here? This, this wasn't part of the plan. This wasn't in the script. And so he's in jail. He's, he's waiting for his release. And in chapter 40 of Genesis, he uses... His, his gifts to interpret dreams. And he meets these people, and one of them is the cupbearer of Pharaoh. He must have done something, uh, his servant must have done something to do to end up in jail. And he meets Joseph, and Joseph says that um, he can interpret this dream that he's been having. And so Joseph listens to him, he interprets it, and he says, you know what, you actually have great news. You're, you're going to be released in three days, and 
that that job as the cupbearer, you're going to that job's going to be restored. You're going to have that job again. And cupbearer's like, "Wow, that's great news." And Joseph says, "I just need you to do one thing because I did this for you. Will you please tell Pharaoh about me? Will you help me get out of here?" And cupbearer cup is like, "Yeah, for sure. I'll do that." And so his his interpretation of the dream it comes true. Three days later, he's he's released. He gets his um, his job restored, and it, it simply says the cupbearer forgot about Joseph. He had one job, and he failed. Two years go by because the cupbearer forgot. Two full years. Think of how much has changed in two years. And Joseph had to sit in jail because of the cupbearer forgot. So that's where we're going to start reading is in chapter 41. We're going to start reading from verse 1. You can follow with me on the screen. It says, Two full years later, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing on a bank of the Nile River. And in this dream, he saw seven fat, healthy cows come up on the river and begin grazing in the marsh grass. Then he saw seven more cows come up behind from the Nile, but these were scrawny and thin. These cows stood beside the fat cows on the riverbank. Then the scrawny, thin cows ate the seven healthy fat cows. And at this point in the dream, Pharaoh woke up. I laugh every time I read this because I'm like, of course he woke up. This man must have been starving. I mean, he was dreaming about seven fat cows. I'm like, this, this man needs some McDonald's, right? <laughs> and so he's having some weird dreams and it actually says he goes back to bed and he has another weird dream. And that leads us to verse 8. Of 41, it says, The next morning Pharaoh was very disturbed by these dreams, so he called for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. And when Pharaoh told them his dreams, not one of them could tell what they meant. So finally, the king's chief cupbearer spoke up and said, Today I've been reminded of my failure. So at this point of, of the story, the cupbearer says, Shoot! <laughs> I had one job, I forgot. And I'm sure he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But he says, uh, hey, Pharaoh, yeah, I know who can interpret your dreams. He's actually in jail. So they go, they get Joseph, and, and finally Joseph stands before Pharaoh. And he listens to his dreams, and he, he says, you know, actually your dreams, they both of them mean the same thing. You're going to go through seven years of abundance and then seven years of famine. And Pharaoh, he was so pleased with these interpretations so much that Joseph, he was chosen to be in charge of this plan to go about the seven years of abundance and seven years of famine. And so Joseph goes from being in jail all of a sudden to, to being the highest ranking in Egypt besides Pharaoh. So everyone else in Egypt like reports to him, listens to him. And so finally we see just a glimpse of what this dream was he had before all this started to spiral out of control. He had to wait 13 years. This is 13 years after he had that first dream. 13 years. He was 17 when he first had this dream. Some of us have troubles sitting still for 13 minutes, let alone 13 years. We're, we're consumers. We want it right now. He, he waited. He was faithful for 13 years. My first point is faithfulness today positions you for favor tomorrow. Faithfulness today positions you for favor tomorrow. What if Joseph decided to let bitterness take control of him? 
What if when he was in jail, he decided, you know what? This wasn't the plan. This is not the vision I had. So I'm just going to sit here and feel sorry for myself. What if he decided, you know what? I'm not going to help these people. No one's helping me, so I'm not going to interpret the cupbearer's dreams. If he decided to have that attitude, if he decided to just, you know what? I'm, I'm good here. I'm not going to go any further back. I'm good here. I'm not going to push forward. That's the attitude he decided to have probably would have lived the rest of his life in jail. But he, he kept going forward. He kept having faith. Truth is, is we're going to get off script in our life. We're going to get off script. In Colossians 3.17 it says, And whatever you do or say, do it as representative of the Lord, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. This is just a good reminder of whether we're in the biggest storm that we've ever, ever experienced, whether we're getting blessing after blessing, either scenario, we must do all we have to glorify Him. And that's what Joseph does. When he was in jail, he decides, I'm still going to use my gifts to glorify Him. So, in verse uh, 56... 57 his his interpretation comes true they go through seven years of of abundance and now they're in seven years of famine and it says so the severe famine everywhere joseph opened up the storehouses and distributed grain to the egyptians for the famine was severe throughout the land of egypt and people from all around came to egypt to buy grain from joseph because the famine was severe throughout the world so people came from everywhere Everyone came to get grain. Guess who everyone includes? His family, right? The people that tried to kill him, who thought he was dead. His dad thought his favorite son was gone. So y'all thought the Christmas drama was over. It's about to get good, right? So buckle in because the family is coming and they think that uh, Joseph is, is dead. And so to start with um, reading the first verses. We're back at uh, his dad's household. It says, When Jacob heard that grain was available in Egypt, he said to his sons, Why are you standing around looking at one another? I have heard there is grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy enough grain to keep us alive. Otherwise, we'll die. So Joseph's ten older brother went down to Egypt to buy grain, but Jacob wouldn't let Joseph's younger brother, Benjamin, go with him for fear some harm might come from him. So basically, Jacob's like, I already lost one of my favorites. Benjamin, you're my new favorite. You're staying here. So he, he's got a serious issue with picking favorites. So he, he keeps Benjamin. The rest of them go. Remember, it's been 13 years since they've seen Joseph. 13 years. He was 17. He was still a boy. They, he had like a baby face. They are not going to recognize him because he's probably all uh, wearing like high authority clothing. They're not going to recognize him. So they get there. They don't recognize him. So what does Joseph do? He does, he does exactly what any brother would do. He messes with them. <laughs> he starts messing with them. He's, he's like, I'm going to pull a prank here. And so he, he starts like asking about his family. He's like, tell me about your family. And one of our family died. Younger brother back home. And out of nowhere, Joseph's just like, spies. He like accuses them of being spies. And they're like, no, no, no. And he says, well, if you're, not, if you're not a spy, then go get this younger brother that you speak of and bring him 
here, but you must leave one of you in jail while you go and get him. So I can imagine them playing like rock, paper, scissors, see who has to stay in jail. And so they go and they, they, get, uh, they tell their dad, Jacob, that they need Benjamin. And it cracks me up that this, this takes place next, that this is the Bible. Jacob says they can't take Benjamin because now that Joseph is supposedly dead, Benjamin is all he has left. Can you imagine like being the other brothers like, yo, do we mean anything to you? Or poor guy that was left in jail. Like, he's just there. Dad won't even let his favorite go to save him. But the famine gets so bad, they let, they let uh, Benjamin go to Egypt. And so in chapter 43, verse 26, we get what this dream was all about. It says, when Joseph came home, they gave him the gifts they had brought him, then bowed low on the ground before him. So finally, we get the full glimpse of what the first dream was all about and i'm sure if you asked joseph 13 years ago when when he got this dream if he was going to have to go through all of this just to see that the blessings that the lord had for him at the end if you asked him if he had to go through all that he would have said no way no way but he he stayed faithful through it all and in, in chapter 45, he, he, finally, he finally gets sick of messing with him. And in chapter 45, verse 3, he says, I am Joseph. I can imagine like a Scooby-Doo reveal, of like a mask pulling off. And like, I am Joseph. I am your brother. And he says, is, is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of them. I, can, I wish I could see their faces. Like, what did we just do? He says, please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer, and he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. Then being like, oh, oh, that guy. Yeah, 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 I'm caught up now. But it's so important what happens next. I want you to really look at, at verse 5. Chapter 45, it says how he reacts. And you can tell where his faith really is and where his heart is. It says, but don't be upset. Don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This is so important part of the story. He says, don't be mad at yourselves. Because this, this wasn't your plan. That for, for the off script was God's script all along. All along. The off script was God's script. See, if they didn't sell him to slavery, he wouldn't have met the cupbearer. If he didn't meet the cupbearer, he wouldn't have met Pharaoh. If he wouldn't have met Pharaoh, he wouldn't have fully seen what God promised him in that dream. I'm sure there's times where he was in jail and he, Joseph was just thinking, God, just get me out of this. I don't want to keep going. It's too hard. Just get me out of this. There's often times when, when things get hard, we just want to stop going. I wonder right now how many of you are feeling like 2019 has been your Joseph story. 
2019 was the year of you got so off script. I want you to think of maybe if you're you're not in that season right now, think of a time where you can now step back and see when you were off script, how God's hand was on it all along. There's, There's things that we have to go through, bad times, just so we can grow as a person. God chooses the spiritual wilderness for the place of growth. God can work through rock bottom. There's this, there, there's this summer I had two years ago where thing after thing just kept happening. And I, I was just like, I wasn't ready for it spiritually. I wasn't prepared. I didn't know that this was coming. And thing after thing was happening. I lost a friend. I I just couldn't take it anymore. I didn't want to keep going forward. And I'll never remember what one of my friends came and told me. She she said I was I was heading back to Georgia to go to school and um they prayed over me and and she said, Jacob, I know it's been hard to watch you struggle this summer to go through all of this. But I just want to let you know that I feel like God's telling me to tell you that He's just been expanding your heart. And because of this, you are now able to be filled with more joy than you were able to hold before. I really truly believe that. When God expands our heart with trials, tribulation, I believe that we're able to hold more joy See, if we would have stopped going forward, we wouldn't have truly seen His blessings. So my next point is when you are off script, God is still on time. When you are off script, God is still on time. He's sometimes early. God is sometimes early, but I can promise you that God will never be late. So to end Genesis, to end Joseph's story, he's still with his brothers, and this is, this is one of my favorite verses. He says to his brothers, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. God intended it all for good. He brought me into this position so that I could save the lives of many people. I think it's amazing how Joseph knew his purpose even after going through all these trials and tribulation. So whatever you're you're facing, whatever you're going through right now, I just want you to know that God is, is in every circumstance. He can work through every circumstance. And as Gary comes back up, I just want to let you know that God's plan is bigger than your plan. Money may be low right now. A relationship may have been broken in 2019. Some of you may feel like you're drowning 
I don't know where you are this morning, but a verse that I go to when, when I feel overwhelmed, like I can't see the next step, is 1 Corinthians one twenty five, and it says, This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. I want you to think of that. God's most foolish plan is still better than the wisest we can come up with. I don't know about you, but I feel pretty confident following a God like that. But the question is, is what are we going to do when our life gets off script? What are we going to do in 2020 to keep moving forward? I believe that some of us need to think of 2019 and think what stuff we need to leave behind and what stuff we need to bring with us. I believe that some of us need to move on from old history. Old history. Maybe that's a a divorce, health issues, test results, a certain event. You know exactly what event that I'm talking about. There's something that Satan is trying to get you to hold on to and bring into 2020. But God just says, just repent and I will see you as new. See you as the perfect masterpiece that you are. I believe that it's also time for some of us to move on from old habits. 2019 maybe was the year that you picked up some bad language or some bad eating habits. Maybe it's a year you got addicted to your phone, social media. I'll be honest, reflecting, thinking about what I need to to fix, I feel like there's times I can't get away from my phone. I'm not saying that food and phone and social media is bad, but I'm saying to let it control us is definitely evil. So for me, the next 30 days, I'm going to get off social media. I think some of us, we, we think of, you know, New Year's resolutions and we make it too, too big, too, not specific enough. What if we just, the next 30 days, you just think of something? Because I believe it's time, 2020 is time to get close to God. Maybe again, maybe for the first time. It's time. Beat, beat. See, if you want something that you've never had, then you need to do something that you've never done. So what is it? I believe it's also time that we need to get honest with someone. You can read this as many times as you want, and I'm sure you can't come back to me and say that the Bible says you can do this by yourself. So what if what if you found a, a 2 a.m. friend? What I mean by that is what if you commit with someone, you know, whatever time it is, if it's 2 a.m., if I feel tempted by this sin, if I feel sad and lonely, 
I can call you up at 2 a.m. Some of us feel trapped because we don't know that the light is green. We're stuck looking at the rearview mirror. But God's saying, beep, beep. The time is now. I know that you've gotten off script, but the time is now because it is my script. Maybe we just need to be real and honest with ourselves and say, I can't go back and change the beginning, but I can start where I am right now and change the ending. Would you guys pray with me this morning? Father, Lord, we just thank you for your word. Just thank you for who you are, for what you represent and the love and the peace and the joy that you promise us when we say that you know what Lord 2020 is the year that I'm going to start stop controlling my path I'm going to stop letting the world, social media food control where I go And you know what, 2020 I have a new king Lord and it is you so Lord I just pray for that person this morning that feels like they're still grieving. They're, they're still stuck. 2019 has, has left them in rock bottom. Lord, I pray for the people who are living in their old ways. I just pray that they would step out. They would find their, their purpose. And they would step into the best version of themselves in 2020. So God, I thank you for not just forgiving us for cleansing us from our sin. So right now, I believe that some of us can look back and say 2020 was the year I put the stake in the ground and I said, you will control my life. My script is your script. The time is right now, Lord. So as we go into our next week, Lord, as we go into 2020, would you give us new lens to see what we need to fix, what we need to leave in 2019, Lord? Father, you are so good. As we just left the season of Advent, of waiting, Lord, we know that you have a plan, so we will wait as long as you want us to. Father, we love you so much, we pray. We pray that everything that we do would glorify your name. In name we pray, amen.